We're having some technical difficulties. Can y'all hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. Damn. Yes, sir. I can hear you. Oh, uh, I was trying to use my earbuds, but they don't want to cooperate this morning. <laughs> okay, it's so I guess it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Anyway, good morning to you, brother. All right. Yes, indeed. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Um, I'm I got a new setup, so I'm a little trying to get organized a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see that backdrop right there, man. Is that? <laughs> Is there, is there flowers? Is there flowers on there? <laughs> it's a tree. Okay. It's a tree. Oh, it's a tree. Okay. Oh, it's, a, it, it's in full bloom. I got you. I got you. Good morning, Deborah. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Blessings to you. Thank you for sharing. Always being a part. Um, <laughs> all right. So, let's see where I want to go with this. All right. So, today we're talking about like racism and perspective. Hey, good morning, Mama Corey. Um, and how is it, is racism the, the biggest issue or is it how we're perceived? Um, cause, cause I've been really, really sitting on this for a minute and we got into like a slightly heated discussion last week about it. Um, because I realized it's all about kind of how we look at things, right? Kaneem, um, you know, like in your life. Like you saw things one way and as you got older, you realized, oh, man, I've been looking at this thing wrong. Right. And that kind of shapes you getting better. Now, let me ask you this. Um, growing up, were you did you have an aversion or preconceived notion about uh, Caucasians or people that, you know, other people that that weren't people of color? Okay. I did, man. Actually, because my um, my grandmother, okay, on my I guess that would be my maternal grandmother. Okay, she uh she was a uh, she worked in the school system, so she worked in the school cafeteria. Okay, and she worked uh, at this burger joint called Princess back in the day, okay. and she also was a housekeeper oh, a wow. few days a week. Uh, for uh, a white family. Okay. So the perception was because she was always, you know, when she worked three jobs, grandma, and then she had uh, 13 kids. Three jobs and 13 kids, you feel? Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess I did have a perception, man, because she was always she was always humble and when we were going through now, we're talking about like Late seventies, early eighties. So I'm like maybe eight, seven, eight, nine, something like that. I'm not even in my double digits yet, right? But uh, we would see how I would, I would see how my perception. I would see how she would um, be super duper respectful towards um, the superiors. I guess you would say. I got you. Yeah, who happened to be white? Okay. Um, and when she, when we would go to um, the school where she worked at in the cafeteria, the superiors who happened to be black mm-hmm. were more, I guess you would say, engaging 
more uh, friendly. Okay. More, okay. more positive. It wasn't so stern and strict. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I, I kind of got that. I guess I should act one way when I'm around Ooh. white people, and I, I should you. be, I should be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's all good when we around our our own, because you know, like you know, at school, well, you don't know, but at the school, yeah, you know, they come pat you on the head, give you a horn, blah blah blah, talk yeah. to you. But when we would go and pick it up from the other family, right. if we got out the car or if they walked down the driveway. It was a whole lot different. Like, wow. you know what I'm saying? My, my mom was like, just be quiet. Don't say nothing. Wow. So this this is not children's uh, play or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Speak. Speak with spoken to. Wow. <laughs> hey, good morning. Uh, yeah, so I guess that was, I, I did have a perception at an early age that it was different. Right. So, so you were, you were kind of conditioned um to see a certain perspective when it came to whites and blacks in a sense like i was because it was kind of the same with my mom you know what i'm saying because she because she saw it a lot longer she had a lot more you know interactions with uh adult white people you know what i'm saying so i was all black uh elementary all black middle school you know what i'm saying so my interaction was few unless I was going with my parents, or, I mean, or going with my parents or my grandparents somewhere. Then I would have interactions with other races, but other than that, I was just always around our people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because, I, I mean, I, I grew up the same, <laughs> predominantly black town, like high school. I went to a, a, a HBCU, so it was all black college. So, yeah, my my regular interaction with uh, Caucasians were, um, or people of other race, was um, was when I first started working, and oh, really? I had like a chip on my shoulder, like I wish they would. I got that in high school. I went to a, a mixed high school, so it was okay. Asian, Mexican, white. It was a little bit of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Native American. It was everything. Everything was at my high school. Gotcha. So, like, I mean, okay. like my daughter, mother, she Mexican. You know what I'm saying? So, I it was a little. I guess you know well. You don't know, but when you when you get amongst all those nationalities and ethnic groups. It kind of exposed you to a different culture of living and uh, give you different uh, perceptions on people. So we was all like, oh, we got the little snow bunny. Oh, we got the the little Asian. Uh Oh, we got got us a Baskin Robbins flavors around here. (laughs) (laughs) So it was was high school, man. I don't even know why high school was something my best days. You know what I'm saying? It was just so much fun when I was there, but right. it was just so much fun. Gotcha. Yeah, so I think yeah, once I started working, you know, I, I eased up a bit because, you know, I realized they are not all the same. 
you know, everyone doesn't think the same or what you've been seeing on TV and the, the perception, my perception um, shifted some. And, and getting into this conversation, like, that's kind of how I've been feeling, right? And I think uh, preferably Jay Hamilton will come through because he likes to combat that. But, you know, my perception is that if we can show a different perception of who we are to the world, you know, and I know like a lot of times it's like, why is it always our responsibility? <laughs> why can't people just treat us better? But I think there's such a, a rough perception of us out there, um, more bad than good, I think, um, that if more of the perception can change, then we might get treated better. And I say that because, you know, when you know, I spoke about last week, like when you think about Asians, you know, you think smart, you think mathematics, think science, think about, you know, the Jewish community, you think money, you think wealth, you think, you know, like they, they know how to find handle finances, you know, um, think about Caucasians, you know, affluent neighborhoods and things of that nature. But, you know, the best we got, you know, maybe like athletes and musicians and the rest is hood, you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Let's see. Uh, Sam says, hey, what up, E? He said, Sam says, I feel like people, oh, bro. what's going on here? Some of my horrific experiences have been with folks that look like me. And that's true. You know, um, there's probably been a point where, you know, you side out your own people when you see them in a group. Like, you know, like, what group of folks is that? You know, is it going to be cool? You know, but these things go through your head because of what you see, the perception you have. I know for me personally, um, have you have you found yourself looking at your own folks side eye like automatically because of a because of a certain look, um, because of a certain demeanor, you know, or have you been able to be like, you know, those are my folks? Oh man, I mean, I, uh, I don't, you talking about as, as a youngster or you talking about as an adult? This week, talking about yeah, both. You know, when you were a youngster, and did your perception change when you became an adult, or did you become more cautious as an adult? Oh man, I, when I was young, man, I was young and stupid and ignorant, and I was just all that. Man, I was, I was racist. I was homophobic. I was, man, I was everything. Man, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. I was. I just didn't. I didn't have that exposure. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Until I got around those different races and and had opportunity to interact with them on a personal level, because gotcha. uh, it, it it was I just stuck to my own kind, you know what I'm saying, and and, and that's what that's that's what I was comfortable with. So when anybody else stepped out of line, it was automatically a misunderstanding. So you know, I just went from you know zero to hundred real quick. Real quick. Because I didn't know nothing about them or where they was coming from or what angle they was, and they might not had an angle. Right. They more than just truly face value. But I ain't care I did at that point because I was still, you know, I'm a teenager, 14, 15, right. 16. I'm like, hey, you white, I'm black. Whatever you can, it must be some racial tone to it. Uh, let's catch a square. <laughs> so. So that that was that's how I was back then, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we was fighting every weekend. Uh it was like blacks against the whites, blacks against the Mexicans, blacks wow. against the Asians, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It, was, 
It didn't really. I mean, this was like when I say every weekend is like Friday night. Everybody, and our thing was Taco Bell. Everybody <laughs> wanted Taco Bell. We all get to Taco Bell. Somebody was somebody girl. Right. Somebody gonna like this. Why are you talking loud to me? Who you think you are? Next thing you know, let's go ahead and let's do something. Right. And then it would just be a fight. It would be all, all our brawl right there at Taco Bell every Friday for some reason. <laughs> it's every Friday. Yeah, because football season was beginning of the year. So from August to uh, the next school, well, the middle of the school year, which would be January, football was always, and everybody would go into football. And Texas football is key. You know what I'm saying? Right, I got So after Friday night, everybody would just get together and just hang out. And it was just, that was just the norm. Gotcha. But did, um, as as an adult, like, did you see the same no, no, no. My exposure, my, my maturation, everything got um, clear. You know what I'm saying? There are good white people in this world that have helped me uh, tremendously. Asian white people that have, have really helped me tremendously. I mean, different ethnic groups. I got you. It's got it shifted. It shifted oh, yeah. Man. Oh, no, no. My, okay. my, I only wear one lens. So now that I have different lenses, I can see the folks for who they really are instead of just being, you know, the tunnel vision. I got you. That's good. So your perception was able to change with a level of exposure. Um, oh, yes, sir. What's up, Jay? What's up, Jay Hamilton? What's, what's going on, man? Him. How you doing, what's man? Going on, good to be with you. Good to be with you. I apologize if uh, it sound ghetto. I got a smoke alarm that decided all of a sudden it wants to go <laughs> off on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no. we'll fight through it. Nice. Yeah, how y'all doing? Doing well. Oh, yeah. Glad you could make it on with us. Um, again, we're discussing uh, racism versus perspective. And so I'm, I'm kind of want to put a challenge out there to kind of, if it's, if it's possible to, I know I got this echo. Forgive me, guys. I'm trying to, we're doing something a little different here at the LWN Studios. <laughs> <laughs> There's only an echo on your up. side. It's not coming this yeah, way. Yeah, I don't hear an echo. You good? Okay. Wonderful. No, no, we don't. Um, it might be on your nerves, but we don't hear. <laughs> um, so the race inverse perspective, my thought process, right, Jay, and I and I'm kind of directing this towards you. If if we can somehow change the perspective of how people see us, um, that would at least kind of alleviate, maybe not eradicate. Uh, racism in our community. Okay. Um, do you, do you think um, that is that is a possibility? Like I spoke about just a few minutes ago. What's up, Pastor? Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, spoke about um, like how you when you hear the Jewish community. What do you think? Like finances, wealth, and things of that nature. Like coming together, structure. Even the uh, the Hispanic community. You think about working together. When you think about the Asian community, think about smart science and things of that nature. Um, but like I said, when it comes to the black community, the, our best is we got entertainment. You know, we got entertainment, we got sports and the rest of us are hood, you know. Um, but how do we, you know, how do we begin to change that perspective? As we know, each one of us are successful in our space with our families. You know, we, we holding it down just like everybody else. But it seems the world perception doesn't see 
us. <laughs> they see. Oh yeah. They see the. You know. You see Mike. You know Jordan and and Jackson, and then they see you know uh, our our hood side. You know how mm-hmm. do we become more, or how do we begin to change that perception? Or is it because that's how I feel? Like I feel like it's more a perception thing than a racism thing. If that, if that makes sense. Um, well, yeah, it's it's hand in hand. It's hand okay. in hand, right? So. I feel like the first thing we have to understand is that in mass, black people don't control the apparatus for which we are portrayed. So when we look at Hollywood, when we look at music, when we look at things that go global, what people see about black people is going to be through the lens of whiteness. Right. It's not often going to be through the lens of black people. Right. We know that there are black people who are accountants and engineers and lawyers. Yeah. And We've been on that. Right. But the world is not going to get to experience that. You're either right. going to be Kobe or you're going to be in jail. Like, that's what the world experiences. The other part of this is I kind of feel like it's not really a responsibility of black people to change how you feel about black people. Um, it's it's It wasn't a construct that we created. It was a construct that was created to oppress us so that it would subjugate us to always be a perpetual working class to basically be the backbone of America without getting any credit for it. So one of the first things is I want black people all around watching this to just take a deep breath and pat yourself on the back for still being here and still doing positive stuff, despite the fact that so many obstacles have been established against you. Right now, I do think that there are opportunities for us as a community to come together. But we also have to understand that our collective experience isn't the same as any other ethnicity in this country. It's not the same. No one else was enslaved for the period of time we were enslaved for. No one else had experienced Jim Crow. No one else had experienced lynching. No one else has to tell their kids, hey, be careful when the police comes because you need to do this and this, even though you're eight years old. Right. Like nobody else has to do that. So we're having to go in insurmountable odds. And yet I look on this screen and I look out in the people I know and in my friend base. And there's so many people who do it and make it look effortless, right? right. Like make it look effortless. And they're right. raising their kids, they're productive members of society, even if they didn't have that standard before them. They're right. breaking generational curses. So I know that the things that people portray about us is what sells movie tickets or sells music for them. Right. But at the same time, I think our thing is to just continue progressing in the way that we have, continue going back into our communities to ensure that we don't leave any of our children behind who can get exposed to what our stories are, what our pathways are. And I think just not being hard on ourselves, like to to get through all that we have been able to get through in the amount of time, because you got to remember black people really only been quote unquote equal since 1968. So to get through all the stuff that we have been able to get through up to this point is Herculean. I don't think anybody else could have done it. So we've done it. We're thriving. We continue to thrive. And then the last part of this is we build our own apparatus. So we've got people like Spike Lee who put out movies out there about what what we really are. We need more people like us to put out movies, music, entertainment, sports, whatever. Uh, We're talking about the NFL this week. You know, all the stuff that's going on with Blind Forest um, filing the lawsuit. But one of the reasons he's filing the lawsuit is because there's no black people that own anything in the NFL. Right. Right. So it's hard to control. It's hard to dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. You have to go ahead and try to invent the things that you feel like would be helpful for the community with the understanding that you might not see the profits from that. It might not be for three or four generations down the line, but the legacy is that you're starting 
and digging your heels in somewhere as a starting point for the future generations so that they don't have to deal with it. So those are my tips. But <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let racism get you down. And the other thing I know is I'm convinced at this point okay. that other, ethnic, other ethnicities also know that that's not the sum of what we are. They know mm. that. Now, they know. sometimes okay. they're willing to embrace it and sometimes they're not. The people mm. who are willing to embrace it, they're cool. We've had people throughout civil rights movement, throughout anti-slavery, all that stuff, who were willing to embrace Black equity. But also, one of the things about embracing Black equity is understanding that people who aren't willing to embrace it feel yeah. like they lose power when they deem us to be equitable. So that's not our problem, right? You shouldn't have had the power in the first place. We're supposed to be equal. We're supposed to all be the same. Right. But if you don't want to give up your advantages... To see me succeed, then one of the things you're also cutting off is the ability to benefit when I benefit. So if I come up, you never know. Black people could have hired you. You might not be poor. It's a lot of poor white people who just want to be white and they want to prioritize whiteness over mutual success. Right. So they can look at me. And when I got my little hoodies on or whatever, I look one way and then you pop up with, you know, they see, oh, I didn't know you were at Duke. Oh, you right. assumed, right? Right. <laughs> you assumed. Right. 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 right? So I just think it's we're doing amazing stuff. We always have room to grow and always have room to progress. But always remember, if Thurgood Marshall or Martin Luther King or Malcolm X had said to themselves, oh, I could change the dynamic of Black America, but I'm going to go get my bag. I ain't worried about y'all. <laughs> then you, <laughs> you wouldn't be where you right. are right now. So right. we can't just be focused on like financial success alone. We have to be no focused doubt. on a more holistic success. I'm okay. through. All I'm right. through. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Again, like we said, we're you're watching the Brothers of Legacy today. We're talking about racism and perspective. Oh, <laughs> oh you got okay. You got some money out. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. That's just me planting seed. When you, when you see giftings, you have to plant seed where the giftings reside. Right. Yeah. Some of y'all will get that about two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I listen. Amen. Right. <laughs> you know, you had me at. I don't have anything to prove to another ethnicity. Right. There's no. I, I, I prove it to myself. I prove it to my family. You know. I I express it to my God. Other than that, you know, uh, the the whole conversation around racism. You know, I'm not supposed to participate in that anyway. I'm just supposed to tell everybody to pray. Right. Right. Because I'm because I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to be getting engaged in all this kind of stuff. You know, even though people continue to ask, "Where's the church in all right. this?" You know, right. where where's the church? How come the church ain't doing nothing? But then as soon as you open up your mouth. You know, you're outside of the the periphery of where you're supposed to be uh, as a as clergy. You know, so I'm not sure which side y'all want me to take. Do y'all want me to quote some scripture, or do you want me to tell you how I feel? I'd rather you tell me how you feel. Yeah, how you feel? Oh, okay, all right. You want me to say it with my chest? You know, I'm just just I got to make sure put all that stuff out there first before I get to pontificating. You know, what's up, Richard? Uh, the reality is to to. To Hamilton's point, man, we don't, you know, we shouldn't have to, I don't, it's not my responsibility to change how you see me. It's your responsibility to investigate and and pay attention to what you're looking at. 
do your own research right. and, and draw your own conclusion based right. on your experience with me. And right. that's not that has nothing to do with the color of my skin. As the great MLK said, it has everything to do with the content of my character. Right. You know, uh, and, and that way we both win. Uh, but I also w- want to jump on the back end of what you said, because the back end of what you said contributes to cognitive dissonance. You know, as much as we have true evidence that all men are created equal, we just don't all treat our equality the same. Uh, even though there's been evidence, you still want to read and, and live based on this false narrative because you feel like it helps you gain. Like your earlier point, us coming up means your demise. No, it means we all get better. You know, we teach it to our families. If you grow, we grow. Right. How does that work everywhere else except when it comes to uh, race relations in America? Because we teach it to our children, and guess what? White people teach it to their children. Right, right. But we don't teach it to America. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go any further because I'm just going to repeat everything that Jay Hamilton <laughs> just said. Okay, so let me let me ask this then. Okay, so, and I agree, we don't have anything to prove. Um, but do you feel like? within our own community, the message may get distorted. Um, and, and Which message? As far as, you know, our greatness um, and, and the great things that we do. Like, and I, and I get what you're saying, uh, Hamilton. I know for the most part, we don't control the narrative because a lot of the media is controlled by other people. You know, what people... I, I, I give us a little I said 80% of what the world sees is controlled by other people um, I I don't know like I let me let me ask you if this is what you what you're leaning towards just like it's not my responsibility to change how another race sees me right it's not their responsibility to impact how we see each other that that right because i think that's a that's a uh yeah i agree um like uh my mama and my grandma used to say i love my black people right but i can't stand the right right yeah and and you and that whole statement is ruined with but right right uh, because it, it's just stand that I love my black people. Right. That's it. Right. Because everything that comes with that yeah. is part of the territory. Definitely. Because when you say, but you basically delete everything you said prior. Right. Hey, that, that, that was, that was the phrase. That was the term. Right. I got and, you. And it rolled down here. Yeah, exactly. And, and the scripture says that iniquity, we're not under the curse. Right. It's just that the practice of iniquity gets moved on from generation to generation. Yeah, It's the um, same practice of behavior that continues to uh, get uh, redone or, or duplicated in every generation. And that's the issue that we have. At some point, you know, we have to change the behavior. Right. Right. Uh, at some point, we have to redirect our energy. At some point, we have to see the truth of what it is. And and the truth is, recognize the greatness, as Hamilton said, uh, of who we are. Look at what we have come through. 
how am I going to look down my nose at another man who looks like me when we have both climbed out of the same madness? Right. And it doesn't matter that you on Wall Street and I'm, you know, Midtown, right. struggling. Right. We, we still come a long way. Right. You understand? I mean, it, here's the thing. A person in transition today is better off than a person in transition 100 years ago. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Ain't no doubt. I, I believe that everybody um, has benefited, like Hamilton was saying, since 1968, the, the, the one we were so-called becoming equal. Yeah. I think that um, a lot of opportunities that we got today as black people are not really used to their full potential. Because mm -hmm. uh, basically for the education process and, and those that are in low-income areas, I mean, you think about some of the stuff, like my kids go to uh, a middle-income high school. But if they was in, um, let's say, if they was in Atlanta public school systems, they was going to Douglas or they was going to, uh, uh, what's another high school, uh, Mays or something like that. Well, they got issues upon issues, but they can't even get an education because of all the other uh, distractions that's going on at school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Fights, fires, drugs. Uh, you got all this stuff, but no education. But the school where they're at now, they strictly go by the education and they're getting, there is, there are very little distractions. You know what I'm saying? The, the distractions that they got at school now is more prankster style. Nothing that's going to be harmful or maybe be, um, I guess, give them some type of trauma that they'll have to live through. But if you go through those schools, it may be something traumatic. Uh, for kids that are in those lower income schools that they just hold on to for years and years. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. That's why I'm in therapy now. And I, I, and I love talking to my therapist. It feel good when I come up out of that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You know what your therapist did? Your therapist changed your perspective. That's why it makes mm. you feel better, right? When, I, when you talk about the, the challenges in the school system, this is what I say to young people. When my children start complaining about teachers, I ask them, is there a straight A student in your class? As jacked up as that teacher is, I want to know, is there a straight A student in your class? If there is a straight A student in your class, then you have the same ability to overcome as they have. That's real talk. And I'm saying I don't care how ugly, bad the school is. Right. There is going to be a straight A student in that school, which mm -hmm. means somehow we can still gain access to those same resources. It may not be that particular individual. But we can get access to the resource. See, information is too available to us now. And what has happened is the information age has taken the excuses away from us. And the reality is, if you don't want it today, if you don't have it today, it's because you don't want it. And that's that's the truth, because, you know, what can you making money now? Right. You making good money. You look like you look like you sitting real good there because you ain't losing. You ain't you got some weight on you there. Look like you got some, you know. And, and that 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 hoodie you got on look like it may have cost a little little something something you know. And, and what I'm well, saying is, and it's yours, right? That's me. That's oh that so that's that's you marketing your own business, right? My own company, right? Yeah. Right. And and back in the day when you was getting in trouble, you was marketing your own business too, wasn't you? But that business is gonna get you locked up. 
Right. Oh, yeah. well, but you got new information, you changed your perspective, and now you even better now because you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm an example today. True. Right? True. So what I'm saying is, what was the difference? The difference is your perspective changed. You start yeah, recognizing, I, I, wow, more has been given to me. Right? And, and, what, I'm, and, and what I'm saying, uh, right. I heard this speaking, it's a, come on. Come on. We're not taking advantage of what we have been given. And I will somebody please read Psalm 147. Was yeah, it, 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 like, that's, I mean, that's part of it, man. I mean, if you're not taking advantage of all the uh, 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 information that's given to you, it's one of them. I, I do agree with that. And I didn't really, I, it didn't really snap to me until I got into my late 20s and early 30s. I, I wish this would have snapped when I was in my late teens and early 20s. You know what I'm saying? I think I would have been a lot further along, but it just, it was me though. I, I had to make the decision. But did nobody, you know what I'm saying, leave me by the hand. I had to make a choice that I wanted something different and I wanted to be balanced. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that, was, that was a choice I had to make. As a but, young person who is in their teens, right. trying to figure out what direction to go, right? You right and, 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 make that, and to make that hard choice and be um, uh, dedicated and disciplined to walk right. the path. Right. That's that, without distraction. You know what I'm saying? I, I was as a as a mature nah, adult. No, nah, not without distraction. In spite of the distraction. In spite. Amen. Yeah. But, 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 in, in, let me. In let me spite. Throw, let me throw this out there. So. You said two two powerful words, dedicated and disciplined. A lot of what we see and grown up in, we've not seen a lot of dedication and discipline. And I get what you're saying, Pastor, that the information's out there, but information without ability lacks, you know, takes away from my execution. You know, like I can, you know, people put up like, what if you had, 15 minutes or 20 minutes with Warren Buffett. Most people would not know how to take advantage of that, you know, because they're not positioned <laughs> to really make a difference. You understand what I'm saying? Access doesn't necessarily mean my outcome will be better. You know, it, and we always talk about mindset. You always talk about, you know, your change, you got to change your mind and see things differently. I think whatever's in front of you that you see working is what you draw to, right, Kaneem? Like you saw certain things in front of you that you saw working, and that yes. drew you to that. Your shift, yes. your shift based on our conversation, you know, on BOL a couple of days ago was like you saw folk get locked up. You saw like this this life is a dead end. I need to get out now before I'm I'm in in the cell next to my homeboy. And it's the, it's the environment. What it's the environment called? that you grow up in, man. I mean, your environment plays such a huge part right. of what you become um, as far as early in life. You know what I'm saying? If you, because what I had, what I saw in my environment, my little neighborhood or whatever, it was more street hustle mm -hmm. than more than education. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have. Um, middle class individuals across the street that I go to and be like, you know, this is a teacher or this is a doctor or this is a fireman. I, I didn't have that in my little neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, I can pull from that. You know what I mean? Like, I can, can I hang out with their kids. Oh, yeah. Stop right there. 
that right what you I want to I want to cuz I want to get this one piece at a time. You said you didn't have that in your neighborhood coming up. Uh AD is that what you had? Did you have what I he had, talking about? I had, didn't have I firemen had firemen and I had bus drivers and and uh my my next door neighbor was a garbage man, sanitation dude across the street. Now he was a ad TV ads creator. Oh, so um, you had working men. I had working men around me. Yes, I had working men around me to get Jay. Is that what you had? No, nah, my my background's probably more like Kani, but it, it, the the outcome was different because I had a strong mom who said, "This is what I'm going to tolerate. This is what I'm not going to tolerate." Right. Yes. Okay. So you had a foot in your behind. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> okay. For those who needed that translation, uh, <laughs> E, did yes, you have what? Kaneem talking about, or did you have what AD talking about? I'm Kaneem. I'm I'm next door to a preacher, drug dealer across the street. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Get a mix. And and on my street, I I didn't. Even, I don't know if I even had a working man. Mm. You know, a father. Right. On my street, I can't think of anybody. I think that oh, Hank Hollis, down the street. Right. a family out of Mississippi. Uh, but I don't know what he did for a living. Mm. I just knew he was in the house. Right. <laughs> he was there. Right. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, to your point, A.D., mm-hmm. what if you realize you don't have to talk to the top no. financial mind? Not at all. Not at all. Right? Yeah. Like, if I can't, if I can't get to him, then I can't make it. Right. Because there are many that made it and never had a conversation with him. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the point. When 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 Kaneem talks about what he saw happening to these people, right. he got close enough to realize there was no end that was gonna work that was gonna be worth it for him. Right. So his perspective changed. We talked about that right. a week ago. Right. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. Right. And I'm saying it's not somebody came to him and said, man, you need to get up, get off your behind. No, he was like, man, all these niggas yeah, in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I don't want to live the rest of my life in prison. Right. There's something more for me. Right. That's called new information. Right. Is it new or is it just like you're looking at it different? No, it's new to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that all everything that you're saying is true, but what I'm saying is I still followed the path of my neighborhood. I didn't I didn't right. get the new information until I was in my mid-20s wow. when everything was just got crazy and catastrophic. I'm saying if I would have had that mentor or I would have had that person that I could have followed when I was 12, 13, 14, 15. To kind of guide me in a positive direction where I wouldn't even took the path that I took. Instead of me going left, I might have went right if I would have had somebody to guide me in that direction towards something better. Right. But right. I chose to go with the cats that was hanging out there on the corner that was flashy. Right. I wanted money. I wanted to be, I wanted to, I was, I, I grew up in the era of the beginning of hip hop. So I'm Rap City. I'm your MTV Raps. I'm doing all this and everything I see on TV. Everybody got the chains and, and the three finger yeah. rings. And I mean, everybody Adidas. And I mean, I'm, I'm Lotto. I'm, I mean, I wanted all that then as a teenager. And the right. cats, walk, when I walked out my door, I saw these cats walking down the street. Everybody with the cutlasses and the, 
a backseat full of uh, music. I mean, rims. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all this. And these dudes ain't going to no job. And, and they're just out here every day. And I see them every day. And I'm befriending. And they are older than me. Come on, young cat. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, they kind of like, and then my daddy wasn't there. Daddy a crackhead. Mama a crackhead. Who, who, who is guiding me? If, right. if both my parents are crackheads, right. who's leading me the way? Like, hey, you should do this, young man, or you should do that, young man. And, but it's just the dudes in the street. Right. So they, I'm up on their wing. I'm up on their wing. Like, come on, man, I got you. Hey, go get me some ice cream. He give me twenty dollars. Go get some ice cream. Right, keep the they chain. Love. What was football yeah, coaches, uh, police officers, uh, school teachers? What was the influence like on you though? Like the outside neighborhood? Oh, sports was a uh, say. I, I love sports, man, but I couldn't keep my grades up because I was I was barely going to school. I was trying to hang out with the same cats. I would literally ride the bus to school and get in the car and leave school. <laughs> And drop me back at school so I can ride the bus home. Yeah, because you didn't have that footage behind. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I hear, Janine. You know what I hear. I mean, when you got what's that? What what I hear, I hear is purpose, right? So I think some people forget. You know, a, a lot of people when they talk about folks like like Malcolm X, they talk about his start when he was incarcerated, but they forget that he had a father who was violently murdered and he had a mother who had mental health challenges. So he started off in a place of toxicity, but at the same time, there was a purpose in his journey. He had to go through what he went through in order to understand what he knows now so that he can do better because when you know better, you do better. I I feel the same way. The the difference was, you know, in my day and in my neighborhood, everybody knew my mama. My mama would shoot anybody if they come up here trying to mess with me. So (laughs) if they saw me trying to be bad or break the bad or whatever the case may be, in the wrong place, wrong time, I'm getting rerouted. I'm getting rerouted back to the house or to the library. That's the only places I'm going, right? And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't allured with the same stuff. You know, everybody, if you broke, you want to have a car, you want to have lights, you want to have food. Everybody right. wants that. But it's the fact that they were like, no, your mama don't want that for you. So we send you back in the yeah. house because uh, we don't yeah. have no problems. Right. Yeah. And in, in me going back in the house or me going to the library, I was forced to read and it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't cool. You get picked on. It is what it is. Yeah. But what yeah. I, what happened was I was building muscle for a purpose, right? Right. So at the end of the day, I think half the reason why our people in general are so stratified is because we're all trying to survive in an environment of toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. There's an environment you were brought, our ancestors are brought to a country to be livestock, right? right? We're talking about people who before were artisans and farmers and and soldiers and all this stuff, and they had to be reprogrammed to be livestock and still survive, right? So every generation has been a little bit better, but we're just now getting to the point where people are, you know, able to have free thoughts and do the things that they want to do and not have to really strive and straddle against everything that the the system itself has set up to cause you to fail. So I never judge anybody who, if they slipped in the system that is designed for your failure, that's, it happens. But the issue is how do you respond to that? 
Like, did you yeah. say I'm gonna keep doing it and I'm gonna keep going back in and I'm gonna keep letting the same thing get me, or do you right. say, you know what, that way didn't work? So yeah. let me step out. I'm gonna do something else, and I'm proud now because I see you. You got your shirt. You advertising your stuff. Right. That's yeah. awesome. And you got yeah. a story now that you can go back and tell people in your community who who had the same challenges, right. and they'll be able to relate to you because they'll say, "Oh, well, he he was real about it. He know what he's doing. He know what he did, and he know where he is now." And hopefully, in your voice, you'll be able to influence people come behind you so that maybe the mistake you made, twenty kids won't be able to make because they've already heard it from you. So yeah. that's why I'm on there, man. I, I try to share because I, I love young folks, man, and, and I try to share with especially young men, you know what I'm saying? Because they uh, young women, I, I I'm not, I've never been a woman, and I've always I, I've always kind of like abused the uh women that I when I say abused, I don't mean like physically abused, but verbally, verbally abused. So I really can't speak to it, you know what I'm saying? Mom? But I, 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 when I had my daughter, I had to change a lot. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I, I love speaking to young men about stuff like that, man, and just sharing my, 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 my information. And hopefully, it, it helped. Sometimes they just listen and be like, ah, that ain't my, that ain't my life. That ain't how, that ain't how it is for me. But right. you know, I just share it anyway. That, uh, the thing what, is, and not just the young men, because grown men love to hear you share also. Yeah, so right. you're not just shaping uh, the minds of young men. You are you are reshaping the minds of grown men. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and you know, some Jay was getting that and, and, and both of y'all saying it had me thinking about those influences. You know, like the I think the drug dealers were flashy. You know what I mean? And even though I'm not a flashy guy, like the flashy equated to winning. You know what I'm saying? Like my daddy wore like Shaq food. Some old Fubu pants. We y'all remember Fubu had the Fat Alberts. He found some random pants. My daddy wore scrubs. He never was a doctor. He was like, it was just a whole bunch of yeah. He said, like, like now the stuff I'm on now, I appreciate him, man. He like literally my role model now. Right. But it just didn't seem like winning. You know what I'm saying? But when you see drug dealers, one one of the crazy I heard a drug dealer, they had a big argument at the house next door. And um, the drug the drug dealer, he came and he said the most game. It was like he said they he came. Everybody fussing, fighting. He said, "Y'all shut up. I'm gonna pay all the bills from here here from now on." And it was just so profound to me, bro. I'm looking like, <laughs> does he know the amount? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, of course, I had no understanding the bills, but I knew you had to pay some money. Right. And he had to live somewhere else and have to be able to take care of his stuff and that house. And then. Right. Right. I knew he had it, not because I saw what he had, but because all of them shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but okay, that's all was that. And that was so like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was gangster, but it was so, I don't know, man. It just felt like he was winning. So to be able to have the ability to say those statements, right. it's attractive, man. It's attractive. And if it wasn't for the part, if it wasn't for the dying part, you know what I'm saying? You can even write off the dying part a little bit of your head if you had a street mentality. I'm not, I'm oh, not promoting it. I'm just saying. Right. The jail thing sitting in a box forever, that seems, you know, but some people can write off dying in the street because it's, it's like the natural course of the thing. I know that's right. wrong. I'm saying I'm saying you can see that a little bit. Right. But if it wasn't for those consequences, you know what I'm saying? And then you got all these big timers getting busted or whatever. They just not on the corner. But, you know, it's a lot of people high up, too. 
involved uh, in, in drugs. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's the least drugs, possible prostitution, you know, Rico cases. Look at all these, you know, big timers or whatever. But it, it's alluring mostly because it seemed like they winning the nine right. to five coming home, talking about how much your boss hates you. That don't seem so appealing. You know right. what I'm saying? And you right. got these young, impressionable minds. Like I they want to, they want to do, you know, because y'all had me thinking, like, why did they have such an influence? It's some, some stuff I wouldn't do right now. Yeah. But why, why did they have such an influence? It's because you know, money, 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 all of it equates to money. Right. When you can go out there and purchase whatever you want yeah. on the spur of the moment, it make a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Especially on an impressionable kid. Like, I want some shoes, man. I got a whole trunk full of shoes, man. Pick one. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like if money, money, it's fun. So I want to tell y'all a little bit about uh, instant gratification in youth, right? So I think one of the things is I don't. I, I've had the luxury of being poor in the city and being poor in the country. And people who poor in the country, everybody broke. Like nobody yeah, has yeah, anything, yeah, right? Yeah. But they have love. Like there, there's love. They're sharing. There's a community. Right. People in the city is like, I'm out for me. What mm-hmm. I learned is if even if you are in low income area, particularly in the city, what attracts you that. is the things you all are talking about. The instant right. gratification. If I don't yeah. have food, this right. person, I only got food. They got a nice car. Right. It's double. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 In the country, everybody be like, well, we just going to use the one car we got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's, it's different. So what I'll also say is. If you look at your life now, now that you've done the work and you've gotten to be those pillars in the community, to be somebody who's able to command a certain salary or able to buy the things that you want or whatever the case may be, I promise you, if you all go back and you see the kids in the neighborhoods that you come from, they're going to be looking at you the same way. And we're not as old as we think we are. You know what I'm saying? So like they're going to be looking at us and be like, oh, is this a thing? My fear when I was growing up in the city is that you just don't see successful black people. They don't come yeah, back. Yeah, right. Yeah. People say I'm getting rich so I can move out. So I don't <laughs> ever have to deal with this no more. Right. And then you never see anybody. So you think, oh, there's no way for us to be successful coming from here. Because you don't see it. Exactly. Whereas in the country, it's like everybody who get one ounce of information, you bring it back for everybody. Mm-hmm. So there's a collective benefit. So my whole thought process now as an adult is I'm going back. I'm never going to leave. Like, I'm going back. Let me tell the kids this is what you can do. Let me right. tell the kids, like, I'm not only this is what you can do, I will write the recommendation for you to do it. I right. will set you up so you can get it. Because the whole thing is when people got options, I think, you know, I'm with you, E. Death is always something that people can think about when they see the only option is the street. But right. if you see an option is a way that doesn't involve death, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, yeah. I might want to consider yeah. that, right? Yeah. And when you see that there's somebody who looks like you, who came from the place you came from, who did it, right. then it's like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think yeah. it changes the whole dynamic, not to mention what really won me over was I wanted to be a scientist. I did not want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a scientist. Right. And I did a science competition. There was a guy in our community, a principal, who used to come around. He would get all the students that's been in trouble at all the different high schools. And he was like, you're going to do my program in the summer. It's not optional. You're in my program. So right. we did a program. And you would have to present at a science fair over that summer. When we went to the science fair, the amount of money that these people are paying for black scientists. Wow. Like they, will pay your, they will pay your college. They will put you up in a dorm. They will give you a summer job. 
I made more money at my summer internships in that program than my mom made in a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, wow, if the money is here and I just have to apply myself to go get it, why would I ever go back? to doing right. anything crazy. And it changed my mentality. It changed my attitude about school. It changed everything. But the problem is you can imagine that the only black kids who were at this science fair were the ones that this principal went out and rounded up to bring because we didn't know about it, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. I think we, when we get information, we have to go back. We have to make sure that the people coming up after us know about it and that they have these opportunities to see that there are more options in life than just the people, you know, the people who are in the street, at least from my community, they still in the street. And the reason they're in the street is because that's where their business is. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah. they, you're yeah. going to see them because they sell yeah. them to you or your mom or whoever. Right? right. But you don't see the doctor because he was like, nope, I got my stuff. I'm moving out with the white people right. and, I, and I'm not coming back. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we can change that. And I think that is changing. Um, and, and I also think, you know, kind of like what Pastor was saying before, the, the election of Barack Obama may not have changed a lot policy-wise, but it did mm -hmm. change some image-wise. Big time. Because they, you they couldn't can't go take nowhere that. without seeing a black man running something. They cannot take that. Can't yeah. take it away. Yeah, you know, it's, it's in some, Jay said, too, I was in a program, uh, Beta, uh, y'all heard of Urban League? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, so it had that, it, we had like a business class, it planted the seed in me. It was, uh, we had to like, wear like little suits and stuff, and, mm -hmm. you know, they talked over, you know, regular business plan, stuff like that. And it, it, it was good. You know, you got paid for it because you got to give these people an option, too. You just can't take money. You can't just say, well, you ain't going to jail like these. Some like that's the people think you sell drugs because some people do it because it's cool. Don't get me wrong. There are some people in the streets that's that's out. Don't let the tattoos and the, and the, and the gold chain, all that. Right. Don't let it fool you. Some people ain't really about that life. Right. They just caught up. They playing around. I tried to dive into it. I was a horrible drug dealer. I, 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 I sucked. Right. Because I really wasn't about it, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that aren't. There are some people that dead serious about it too, but I'm saying there's some that that aren't, and there's a chance to to pull them out. But when you pull them out, it's like you want to replace money for money. That, you know, misreparation, right. right? I'm all about the cash. Like right. if I take this money from you, let me also give you another option because right. what you were trying to do, they don't even realize that they're really poisoning their community. You know what I'm saying? It's like they just they see it as I'm getting money, so right. let me pull you from that and get you to some money. And also, I just want to dispel that, that everybody out there selling drugs are, are not super rich. If you sell, Amen. you know, you don't have a lot of weight, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't have a lot of clientele. Because to get more clientele, you're going to have to take up violence. You're going to, because the clientele is going to come from more territory. And the more right. you cover territories, the more you're going to have to leave your neighborhood. And right. you're going to have to do that in a violent way because people just don't. Oh, oh, we, we can both sell drugs together. Like, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not unionized. It's not. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> so you have a lot of people who stay in their neighborhood because, and thank God, they're not about that life. They don't, they're not about it, and they're not going to take the violent route. Right. So a lot of those people are living drug deal to drug deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're not super rich. Everybody's not right. a millionaire, and, and and in the streets, month the value of money is different. I can go to any neighborhood, and if I had a new pair of Jordans, mm -hmm. a charger, uh, the latest cell phone, whatever the eye, whatever, a fresh white tee from the gas station. Right. <laughs> I'm 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 balling in the neighborhood. It, it's it's right. not, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, someone got the little Gucci belts or whatever, but it's right. not very expensive right. to look like you got it going on. You know what right. I'm saying? You just gotta have the funds to do it. So if you're a drug dealer and you're only making 
four, five hundred dollars a week. Right. Yeah, that's better than going to clock in for a boss who's gonna fire you if you later stuff. So I, I mean that's that's kind of their balance, but that's not super rich. That that's that's drug deal to drug deal, just like a parent is living paycheck to paycheck. You know right. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not and it and but the risks are still the same. You still there's still death, there's still imprisonment, you know what I'm saying? So, but when we take an option. <coughs> Then you, because it is one, you take an option. I, I'm strong believing what Jay talking about, and, and that Urban League program programs like that. I'm not trying to push them, but right. if no, you take cool. an option, give another option as well. Because just saying, mm-hmm. you're not always. I don't think, hey, you know, you poison your community. I don't think that always registers. Is all I'm saying. You know, right. you know <laughs> this could happen. Yeah, yeah, but that drug dealer got caught because he did this thing. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, all of them. Everybody think that exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, <laughs> man, you know. You know, yeah. they call the fast. They call the fast drug dealer, like, bro. Like, no. So, would so, you say, um, so one of the, the key things we've been covering is like discipline, um, the influence coming back to the neighborhood. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, and given the options, I think the options, the <laughs> the um, having the, the having the long game, because I think to me, I feel even. As coming into an adult, um, he said, John Ronald says, come with a solution when you tell someone about their problem. Mm-hmm. Having the options, the financial options, seeing the really? long game, you know, because I've been, you know, like in the 20s and someone trying to present me the long game. I'm like, that's too long. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. not like I had a better plan. It's just mm-hmm. that just way. It just, just seems too long. Like, yep. Yep. Um, you know, when, when you hear about being a lawyer, like, how many years I gotta be in school? You know, like it's 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 see having and like like we talked about changing your perspective mm-hmm. and being able to understand. You know, by the time you're thirty, you'll have this. Yeah. You know, by the time you're twenty eight, you'll be at this space and your opportunities open. Um, can be a challenge sometimes. So I think I like what you're saying about the the options financially. E like mm-hmm. show me at least some some short-term gratification that I can get financially, like something. Mm-hmm. So I can at least feel like this way is a better way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like a lot of things that were said today. Uh, it's, 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 we're getting over time, but um, one of the things I like what Jay was saying about going back, you're right. Cause when we escape, it's like, escape. I'm, I'm, going. I'm going, I got out of this. I got out of this, this prison, yeah. um, but we do have to get into the mindset of, of the old school, each one teach one. You know, mm-hmm. as we learn, we we give back. As we learn, we give back. And we and we honestly, as a people coming, as I talk about racism and perspective, we've gotten out of that. You know, we don't. It's not. I think some cultures survive and do well because certain things are programmed into their DNA culturally. You know, where um, they're they're kind of trained to. Okay, you get this. Make sure you go back home. You know, like. Recite you, what you learn, you need to take back to your neighborhood. What you learn, you need to take back to the kids. Things of that nature. I think we, you know, we have the escape mentality where, you know, once we once we got it, we gotta go. Once you got it, you gotta, you know, you, whoever's coming along with you, you ain't coming, then you you're not gonna you're not gonna flourish like I am. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, I think some of our habits need to change and be able to give back to our neighborhoods, even hometown or even around our neighborhoods where we live now um would would you say Say that that, say that again because one thing you must recognize is going back does not always mean going back to the zip code you were raised in Mm -hmm. exactly 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 because 
I, some I, folks I, will call sellouts because they didn't go back to their old neighborhoods. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're still giving back every right. day. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, because you know, I see I see remnants of 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 my town in other towns around uh here in yeah. Georgia that yeah. that have the same struggle, you know. So we we do have to give into get into the mindset of of giving uh, scheduling our time to give back, you mm -hmm. know, and and not just attending church service. That's that's one level, but getting out into the community is a whole nother space. But we we'll dig into that um going forward. But you know, like I like that, you know, the the discipline is the main thing. You know, for me, like like we talked about growing up, I knew to work. I saw my dad do it no matter what, you know, no matter what. Yeah, this dude always go to work. Um and I seen it in my community. Dude's going to work. That was that was the mantra. You go to work. <laughs> you know, I don't know where, I don't know what you're doing, but you you go to work, you know. Um, and you take care of your fam. It's like, you know, they, they wasn't perfect. They had issues. But the working and maintaining was we keep this neighborhood going, you know. And, it, and, well, and that, But the other thing is, man, I can't knock the brother who's just going to work and taking care of his family. Right. Like, no doubt. You know, no doubt. because for some, the best blessing I could be to my community is to make sure I cover my house. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not my right. kids out there. I'm, yeah. I, I think I think for myself, I'm you know I'm not gonna knock you. I'm just gonna challenge you. You know what I'm saying? Like I know you've been doing this thing straight, but what if you took it up a notch? You know what I'm saying? Do, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Like I don't. I hear what you're saying, and, and here's what I'll say to you. What's that? I will say to you the same thing that we said to everybody else. Uh, certain there are people drawn to things, and there are people drawn to people. There's okay. certain people that can handle the task and there's certain people that can handle people. And when you there certain people just don't have the capacity to go beyond what they do every day for themselves and for their family. But thank God they're taking care of their family. You know, I don't expect to see every hard working man out there giving back to his community. Here's mm -hmm. what I expect. I expect to change my perspective about his version of giving back, because if I'm taking okay. care of my family, and I'm not contributing to the negativity in the community, then I'm giving back. Because there is somebody that's going to have that mentality. And I hear what you're saying. I'm going to challenge you. Right. But if if I don't accept the challenge, are we no longer brothers? No, of course. We're always brothers. We're always brothers. Right. So what I'm saying is we have to have enough room for that brother that never leaves the house except to go to work. So we got to have enough room for that. I'm a, we're gonna stop. We're gonna wrap it up. I'm, we're gonna dig into this further Nick, uh, tomorrow because I don't want to go another hour. <laughs> no, no, no. But but I but I want you guys to. I want on. you to know. I want you to know. I don't agree with that mentality. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, we'll 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 dig into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I want Jay to come back. I know he can't come back tomorrow because I know his schedule. He, he, he told me that. Um, but I will because I want to. I know I started up racism and perspective and we kind of shifted, which is great because we kind of got, we kind of sealed that, that racism and perspective thing. But it's because a lot of what we talk about is changing our neighborhoods, changing our communities, and we're going down this line. And yeah. so I, I got some, uh, I got some challenges. All right. So <laughs> I appreciate you for rocking and hanging with us. Um, another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. Um, Jay Hamilton, it's been a while since he's been with us. He's been hard at work making some things happen. Um, he recently got recognized um, 
at the at the White House. So I'm I'm excited about that. You guys need awesome. to check out Jay's page. Um, Thank definitely you, on Facebook. I'm not just for his for his achievements, but his commentary <laughs> on a lot of everyday things. <laughs> Jay be going in. Jay, Jay is Jay, Jay stop fussing so much. <laughs> <laughs> Jay is a jewel. Jay, um, Jay has made the list. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I appreciate y'all. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Ephraim always missed the reparations in the building. Appreciate him for being here. Sure. And Pastor always, man, as rocking with me every day. <laughs> and I, I don't take it for granted. All right. So listen, if you're watching, make sure you share, tag somebody. You know we had a great conversation. Get somebody in on this so they can be a part of this tomorrow. All right. As always, know that we love you. God loves you more. Continue to stay safe and do the right thing. Peace out. It's been a long, a long time I've been but I know a change gon' change gon' I want to thank you for watching, learning, and growing with us, being a part of the change that is happening every single day. It's been a long, long time We are creating a new legacy. legacy.